You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the Neverland Podcast, episode 109. Welcome to Neverland. Take a start of the right and stay until morning. Neverland. Take your pixie out of your pocket and think of your happiest New Year thought and sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. We're flying away to Neverland again, and we're not alone. Lost Boy Eric, how are you with me? I am with us. <laughs> you are with us? Are there more? Is there more of us than us too? <laughs> we're being followed. <laughs> yes, we're fly- we're being followed by all of you. That's who it is. You're all following us. You're coming. That's who it was. I was nervous. I thought pirates, maybe, you know, could have been a bad thing. <laughs> hey, here, here it is. The Force is with us. That's right. The Force is with us. Boy, was the Force ever with us this year. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, man. And for the next year and for who knows how much longer. Oh, I'd say we've got another... Well, there's a whole announcement of a bunch of different movies, from Han Solo to Boba Fett to the Rogue One, and then, of course, three episodes. So, my gosh, I'd say at least we've got... A good five years. Yeah, five or six years or something. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, I guess five if we consider one movie just came out. But woohoo! <laughs> when Disney wants to make money on a franchise, they'll give us what we want. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and we will gladly give them money for more. <laughs> As has been proven. My goodness. But this is, of course, going to be our year in review and year we're looking ahead to type of show. Uh, but, of course, we have some of our regular segments. We're going to have our... I don't know what we would call the segment, but we have to discuss the news of the day with George Lucas and uh, some things that uh, it's been headlined all over the place with what he's been saying. And, of course, we got to visit the trailer park this week. So that's all this week here on the Neverland Podcast. So much information, you won't know what to do with it. You may even have an information overload and have to jump in your TARDIS and go for a ride. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just had to say it. Your attention, please. Disney Movie News. Okay, so for our news this week... Uh, we're going to discuss here, uh, hopefully you all heard this audio before, but maybe you haven't. Uh, there's been a lot of headlines of what George Lucas apparently has said about The Force Awakens, but I don't like to go from headlines. I like to get it straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, and so here is actually what he had. These are courtesy of Charlie Rose, CBS News. Uh, so I've, I've grabbed the audio here from YouTube. You can go and find these videos, but mainly this, what's important is the audio. But here are two clips that I have that I think sums up a little bit of George Lucas's feelings on Star Wars. And here's what Steven said. He said, it is the moment in which the entire industry changed. Star Wars is the moment when the industry changed. Well, it changed for the good and for the bad. Yeah. And, you know, it's again... When you invent things, well, you don't invent things, I don't know, but when you, when you bring new things into a society, you can either, it's like the balance of the force, yeah. you can either use it for good or you can use it for evil. And what happens when there's something new, people have a tendency to overdo it. They abuse it. Now, there were two things that got abused with Star Wars and still being abused. One 
when Star Wars came out, everybody said, oh, it's a silly movie. It's just a, a bunch of space battles and stuff. It's not real. There's nothing behind it. And I said, well, there is stuff behind it. It's not just a space battle. There's more to it than that. It's much, much more complicated than that. And, but nobody would listen. So they just said, oh, that's simple. We like the spaceships. We like the stuff. <laughs> so they said, fine. So the spaceships and the that part of the science fantasy, whatever, got terribly abused. And, of course, everybody went out and made spaceship movies. And they were all horrible, and they all lost tons of money. And you say, well, you know, there's more to it than that. You can't just go out and do spaceships. And the other part was at, was the which is the technology, which is, oh, we'll just take this new technology. It's great, you know, especially when it came down later to digital technology where you can really do anything. And then people just abused it all over the place, which they did with color. They did with sound. Whenever there's a new tool, everybody goes crazy, and they forget the fact that there's actually a story, and that's the point. You're telling a story using tools. You're not using tools to tell a story. You understand that? I do. The, the point was the other thing that... that got abused naturally in a capitalist society, especially in an American point of view, which is the studios and everything said, well, wow, we can make a lot of money. This is a license to kill. And they did it. They just simply, and of course, the only way you can really do that is not take chances. Only do something that's proven. Let's not do any. We've got to remember, Star Wars came from nowhere. American graffiti came from nowhere. There was nothing like it. Now, if you do anything that's not a sequel, or not a TV series, or not, or it doesn't look like one, they won't do it. They say, we want something that so we know. So that's the downside of Star Wars. That's the downside of Star Wars. And it really shows an enormous lack of imagination and fear of creativity on the part of an industry. They looked at the stories, and they said, we want to make something for the fans. So I said, all I wanted to do was tell a story of what happened. You know, it started here and it went there. And it's all about generations and it's about, you know, the issues of fathers and sons and grandfathers. And it's a family soap opera. I mean, ultimately. I mean, space, we call it space opera, but it, people don't realize it's actually a soap opera. Yeah. And it's all about family problems and that kind of, It's not about spaceships. So they decided they didn't want to use those stories. They decided they were going to go do their own thing, and so I decided, fine, but basically I'm not going to try to... They weren't that keen to have me involved anyway, but at the same time I said, I'm not going to... If I get in there, I'm just going to cause trouble because they're not going to do what I want them to do, so, and I don't have the control to do that anymore, and all I would do is muck everything up. So I said, okay, I will go my way, and I'll let them go their way. And it really does come down to uh, a simple rule of life, which is when you break up with somebody, the first rule is no phone calls. The second rule, you don't go over to their house and drive by to see what they're doing. Yes. The third one is you don't show up at their coffee shop or the things where you're going to burn it. You just say, no, gone, history, I'm moving forward. Because every time you do, and you know we all learn this from experience, every time you do something like that, you're opening the wound again. And it just makes it harder for you. You have to put it behind you, and it's a very, very, very hard thing to do. But you have to just cut it off and say, okay, end the ballgame. i got to move on. 
and everything in your body says don't you can't these are my kids so all those star wars films. all the star wars films they were your kids yeah well they are right you know i i love them i created them um i'm very intimately involved in them and obviously to and sell you them sold off them to, i sold them to the white slavers that take these things and and uh, <laughs> okay but but i mean but but having said all that and having talked to you for the last and and known you for a a while and admired you i mean it must hurt you well no, no, these I, are, it, it's your family it's no, the I, last story but, it's but, your but, story but it's end, you but it's, i knew there's three more stories and i knew that was going to probably take you know to do it right would take about 10 years and i said i'm 70 i don't know whether i'll be here when i'm 80 you know every 10 years the odds get less and uh so i said and I'm not ready to do that because I want to do these other things. So I have to make the decision on my own that it's time for me to move on. All right, Eric, does that really sound like somebody who just hated The Force Awakens? Yeah, I wouldn't say that it it, it sounds that he hated The Force Awakens. It's more about these are his children, these are the stories that he created, and he's seeing somebody else do something with them, something that isn't necessarily the way that he would have gone or the way that he wanted them put together. Yeah, I think it's just that awkwardness of, because he is referring emotionally, it does feel like a breakup. You know, imagine when you have broken up with that girl way back long ago before we, you know, got married, both of us. Not to each other, though. Uh, but, you know, when you would see that ex-girlfriend with the next boyfriend, that would be that awkward, but it, you didn't automatically, well, okay, some people probably automatically hate that boyfriend, or they, they, they but they might like the new boyfriend if they ever met him, but maybe you still would have that little bit of awkwardness, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what it what it sounded like. It's that awkwardness of like, wow, this is not really what I was thinking to do. And and he talks a lot about how you know he he's not trying to make popular movies because popular movies never really get the Oscar nods, and he never got an Oscar, and he just wanted to be artistic with his movies and just tell stories. And uh, it's I guess he looks upon the Force Awakens as being more of a fan film service, you know, something to basically be popular and to get the, the, the fans excited, which it has. And I guess he would rather have been more artistic with it and made something that may or may not have been enjoyable to the the fan base. I am curious of what he would have done, and I would think maybe he he should write some books about what his stories would have been, because I'm sure it would be still very interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I know that Dark Horse Comics uh, last year came out with the original version of The Star Wars, mm -hmm. with, um, you know, going back to his original treatment of, uh, you know, back before it became the Adventures of Luke Skywalker. So, you know, there's definitely precedence in there yeah. for going back to what he would have done. So, yeah, I'd definitely like to see, you know, where he would have taken it. Ooh, oh, wow, Marvel. What if Marvel went and contacted him to, to, and, and got the story treatments and worked with him to make a comic? <gasps> you never know. I mean, oh. you know, Marvel, the, the Star Wars comics that have come out this past year for Marvel have just been phenomenal. I'm excited yes. to see where they're going this year. Uh, they've just come out with uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan uh, series just this last week. Oh, um, I'm not keeping up with this very well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and uh, just just everything that they're going. But, you know, Marvel's had a you know pretty good year themselves with everything going on. But, yeah, definitely with the Star Wars properties, they're... Mm -hmm. Really filling in the backstory there, uh, you know, as to what's happening between A New Hope and, you know, even further back to the Clone Wars and, and prior Kanan. to that. Yeah, lo, you know, trying to, to fill in these gaps uh, mm -hmm. where we no longer had the expanded universe. 
So now if George is listening, and I know George must listen to me because why wouldn't he? And somebody at Marvel is obviously listening to me. You two need to have a meeting and produce George's stories in a comic book because, trust me, we'd buy it. Mm-hmm. We'd buy the daylights out of that thing. Well, just <laughs> slap the word Star Wars on it. It doesn't matter what's inside of it. We'll still buy it. You could put a Star Wars bumper sticker on some sewage and we'd buy it. <laughs> well, maybe not that. <laughs> and again, there, there was Jabba Glop back out when... Uh, Phantom Menace came out, so you never know. <laughs> well, there you go. And then the, I think the real controversy came around when he he uh, he he was trying to uh, clearly he was making it trying to make a joke of of selling it to white slavers or whatever. And he because he kind of laughed, but we all have learned from Jar Jar that George doesn't have a great sense of humor. He thinks he's funny, but he's really not that funny. Um, so he did have to come back and apologize for that, but he didn't really change the message of what he tried to say, you know, cause I agree with him that the, the Oscars don't go to the popular movies. It goes to a bunch of movies you've never heard of, and maybe they are great movies. I've never hardly seen most of the ones that get nominated for best picture anymore. And I still don't agree that animation had to be a separate category. I think an animated feature, if it's good enough to be better than some live action should deserve a spot in best, best overall movie, but that's a whole other issue. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Beauty and the Beast should have won Best Picture when it was there. And also, with popular movies never supposedly getting nominated, I will mention that, you know, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Well, Although I think Fellowship movie. of the Ring was the best one of the set, I think when they gave it finally Best Picture to Return of the King, it was almost like they were summing up and saying, you know what, this entire saga will give it here, because we don't want to have to give it to him for the next three years. Because those were the best movies out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this kind of give it to Return of the King to say, this kind of goes for all three films, and now that they're all together, this is the best picture. But that's what we think about the George Lucas statements. I think they're, the headlines are really drawing it out of proportions and making George Lucas into a grumpy old man, and it's almost like the People versus George Lucas round two. But really, George wasn't saying all the things that they were saying about him. There is one thing, though, I, I tried to watch uh, some of the rest of the uh, the interview there, and there is one thing that I thought was kind of funny, because he mentions that he's 70, and if he wanted to do these films himself, he'd be 80 by the time he was done, he doesn't know he's going to live that long. So I'm like, well, i got to agree with you. You don't know that you have enough time to produce these movies. But yet, at the same time, he has a two-year-old child that he just had with uh, this, this... I can't remember what the woman's name is. But he just had a two-year-old child. That's at least a 20-year 20, 20 and beyond commitment, and that's a human being. That's more important than a movie. So if you're concerned about not being old enough to you know, finish a project, I mean, why are you having a, a baby if you're not going to be old, you know, around long enough to help raise them, that child up in the way he should go? Like, whatever. But that's just my own issue. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd much rather that he take care of his family first. Yes, yes. Take care of that family, George, so you better live to where you're, you're at least 90 now and make sure that you raise that child. Okay, but let's go to the trailer park. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Oh, oh, get him, Mama. Oh, get that gator. Oh, oh. The Neverland Trailer Park. All right, we have two upcoming Disney movies that these trailers are kind of, uh, well, they've sat on the shelf for a little while, but uh, we better talk about them. Uh, I mean, first, well, I guess we'll go with the oldest one first. Uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass. You've been gone too long, Alice. There are matters which might benefit from your attention. Friends cannot be neglected. When the day becomes the night, 
and the sky becomes the sea. Then the clock strikes heavy, and there's no time for tea. And in our darkest hour, before my final rhyme, she will come back home to Wonderland and turn back the hands of time. Time is a he. He is not someone you want as your enemy. Please, sir, the hatter is in danger. Young lady, your time is up. This cannot be good. present you with a gift. <laughs> okay, so uh, I gotta ask the, the initial question. Eric, did you like the uh, Tim Burton version, version of Alice in Wonderland? You know, I've got it in as part of my Blu-ray collection, but it's it's not my favorite version. Yeah, that's we we have a copy of it because I got it through my Disney Movie Rewards because my wife really liked it. I thought it was okay. Um, I'm a little I, see Tim Burton is hit or miss with me. Sometimes he does something that is like really cool, and then mm-hmm. other times he goes so far into I guess his own artistic expression of making things the way he likes it to where it's it's not as enjoyable. Because what he had Anne Hathaway doing as this White Queen character really was it was, it was so weird and awkward. And I, I just could not get into it, and it was so dark, and it, it seemed like it lost some of the fun that should be in Wonderland, and you know, mm-hmm. and calling it all Underland, and, and you know, it turned it into a dark, scary place instead of a bright, colorful fun of what I love about the original animated version of this. So, you know, hearing that they were going to do a sequel, I was like, oh gosh, really? Oh, um, and. It- but it was inevitable. It was the biggest uh, hit for Disney that year. Yes, that it was. Year. But that's, of course, because of, you know, probably from Johnny Depp. You know, he, he, he could be almost anything, you know, especially with Disney attached to it. And people are going to be excited. Except uh, for the Lone Ranger. Except for the Lone Ranger. But that's because they put a bird on his head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's more with that than that. But, yeah. you know, and with, with uh, Allison. That movie. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with Alice in Wonderland, it just, uh, again, Tim Burton has got a definite style. And yeah. when I first learned that he was making an Alice in Wonderland movie with Disney, yeah, the style for me just, the two just don't work together. Yeah. But, you know, people enjoyed it. People liked it. And obviously enough to uh, for Disney to invest in this sequel. Yep. And this one is only produced by Tim Burton. I'm not sure who's directing it, but I noticed that it said produced by Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. So it's still going to have a bit of that Tim Burton style, and it and it does. Um, this though, it seems to be a completely original story. Granted, I've never read any of the books, uh, but this one has them going up against time because time, of course, is a existing person. But apparently, it's the Mad Hatter in trouble because, of course, we have to focus on the Mad Hatter because, oh, that's right, it's Johnny Depp. Right. So, uh, looks like it might be kind of a fun adventure, and I don't know with for with a bit of different direction if it might be a little bit more tolerable for me. Overall, though, writing, rating the trailer, I'd say it's uh, it's right hitting the mark for getting to that fan base that they developed, uh, because some people apparently did go see this movie. Uh, but it, but really, if you're into people who enjoyed that Alice in Wonderland, this is the type of trailer you make for them. Uh, so I'm going to, for for the effort of the trailer, I'm going to give it a B. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, it, it's definitely showing that uh, you're getting more of the same. Um, you know, it's really going to appeal to, to the people who enjoyed the first movie. And, you know, plus it's introducing this new character of time, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, which is weird. Plus, yeah. I recognize the, the voice in the trailer. Uh, Alan Rickman? Yes, thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he was in the first movie. He was, he was. the Caterpillar. Oh, indeed. Wow, yeah, see, and, I only saw the movie one time, so I forgot. Yeah, and, and that, you're hearing your voice as you're saying uh, his character, Absalom, as a blue butterfly floating through the Oh, scene. true. Ah, okay. Well, so very clever bit on the trailer. I have to give us some extra credit on that because, yeah, it's something hopefully that gets the fans at least would have recognized him. Now, the, the director of this is James Bobbin, who was also the director for The Muppets. Oh, wow. So, you know, that's something that is definitely going to get me interested in it. Yeah. I, I really like the direction that he took with both the Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted. So. Yeah, put some fun back into Alice, please. Exactly, exactly. Don't have to take it so darn serious and dark, you know. I mean, there was a bit of humor in the first one. I do mm-hmm. remember there was some moments that kind of made me laugh. Oh, oh definitely. I a little bit more of those laughs. A little bit more whimsy, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. That's that's what that's, we need. That's the word. That is that is Wonderland, is whimsy. Mm-hmm. But uh, now apparently we need to get serious because based off of a true story, The Finest Hours. Should go up on deck and have a look. <laughs> we got maybe three hours, and then we sink. Mayday, mayday! Do you copy? Pick yourself a crew and assist that ship. Your job to go out, right? Coast Guard, they say you gotta go out. They don't say you gotta come back in. We gotta launch some lifeboats. That boat is too small for these seas. You trying to kill us? Every fella here wants to live. The only way that happens is if we work together. Work! I'm not giving up on it. The compass is gone. We lost the pumps. We all live. But we all die. Hold on! 36500, this is Station Chatham. Do you hear me? Okay, initially, when I saw the first, this is the second trailer, but when I saw the first trailer, I thought it seemed, you know, too dramatic, too serious for my taste, and I'm, I, you know, I have to be in the mood for a drama. Uh, but the second one, um, you know, I, it showed a little bit more, it felt more like an adventure movie. You know, I definitely get that vibe. This isn't the type of movie that I necessarily go out for. Um, to me, I look at this and I see the perfect storm. Yeah. Big time. Big time. And the Perfect Storm is one that I just didn't want to see. Uh, when it's dealing with with real people and, and a horrific situation, I know it's going to, you know, it's going to be such an emotional ride because, you know, hey, these are real people in danger and they're dying. And 
I'm going to feel bad and just, you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's going to play with my emotions in a way that I just don't really want to go because I'd rather go to a movie and have fun and not be, you know, stressed out and worried so much about these characters because they're real people, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know how this happened. I don't know on the other side what happened with uh, this Coast Guard mission to rescue these guys. If, you know, everybody came out okay, then mm-hmm. all right. You know, it might be worth going through. But there are some some movies that I know that are based off true stories that apparently everybody comes out okay on the other side. But I don't want to have to go through a stressful, realistic situation. Right. I, if, if it's a little over the top, I don't get stressed out, you know. Even if the they're dangerous, like a Star Wars movie, you know, for example, there's some serious danger things go on and everything, but you don't feel stressed out when you watch it because it's got that bit of fun to it and that bit of whimsy. That's going to be on my new thing, whimsy. Mm-hmm. But when it's a real-life situation, if they're very realistic about the situations, it's stressful watching these characters go through it and you worry. Mm-hmm. And it's just rough. So I'm with you. I don't really usually go to see these kind of movies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think the trailer did do a good job, you know, letting us know. Yeah, this is based on a true story. This is, you know, it, it, it isn't just the perfect storm about this ship, you know, what might be going on on board during, uh, you know, the, this disaster that's occurred. But it's also going to highlight uh, the the brave people in the Coast Guard. Yeah. You know, that's, that's something that's really close to my heart, though, are, are the members of our Coast Guard. And it'll be exciting to see, you know, what Disney does with this. And, yeah. you know, hey, it's got Captain Kirk in there. <laughs> right. And I even or, or should I say Eric Steve Bynum. Trevor? Hmm? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Captain Kirk and uh, oh, oh no, right. now I'm blanking out on uh, what uh, is his name? The, the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. He was yes, the Romulan yes. there, the Romulan uh, captain. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his name either. But yeah, nice catch there. Yeah. Two points for Eric. Ding ding. Oh, hey. If I could remember his name, it'd be even better. Yep. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's okay. Um, you have earned your sounder for the week. Eric Warren. <laughs> but again, as far as this goes, you know, like I said, it, it does give us a good idea of what the story is going to be about. You know, yeah. the the effects are impressive. Oh yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll say, you know, let, let's give this a B plus. Yeah, I'd, I'd say for being a, a trailer to really get interest. Uh, yeah, I, I might give it an A because I really was, you know, kind of like ah, skip it. But then seeing this trailer, I was like, you know, that looks like it might be interesting. I just don't know that I could go through the stress of seeing the movie. Right. Right. <laughs> But it looked really kind of fascinating and kind of a. I, I like that it showed a lot more of the the sailors on this ship. There's you know like hey either we all live or we all die. We're doing this together, and it's like mm-hmm. ooh proud moments mm, makes you feel good. Mm. So you know what you know, I might end up seeing when it comes on cable. I don't know. <laughs> all right, but that's our visit to the trailer park, and now it's time for a good year in review to Disney and beyond. Oh! Well, 2015 was a really big year for Disney fans. Uh, to say the least, yes. <laughs> yeah, to say the... I mean, my goodness. Um, just for the sake of, you know, Disneyland having its 60th year anniversary this year. And I'm, and, my goodness. And what a celebration it has been. Well, you actually got to go to Disneyland during the anniversary and see some of the events there. Like the Light the Night, or I'm getting the name of that wrong, aren't I? Yes, yes, Paint the Night Parade. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I, I have fond memories of seeing uh, the Main Street Electric Parade. I love the music for that, my wife not so much. But uh, Paint the Night really is the successor to the Main Street Electrical Parade. You can hear, you know, in the background, 
you know, the the Baroque hoedown yeah. playing through it. But it's been updated. And you can even hear and, the great song from Wreck-It Ralph. Exactly. When Can I See You Again? Yes, which was a great and, song. Yeah, yeah. It works really well uh, with the theme of the parade. Now, mm-hmm. um, if for some reason our listeners have not seen anything associated with the parade, um, it... It basically is, it's a nighttime parade, which everything is all lit up. There are thousands of sparkling lights and electrosynthetic musical <laughs> sounds um, <laughs> to the nth degree. And just being able to watch it, it is, I don't want to say it's an assault on the senses, but it is just so impressive and big and spectacular. Um, everything from uh, LED lights on the floats to the, the final float with Mickey with lights just swirling all around him it's incredible it's fantastic and you know it really is um in every way the successor and an updated and much better version of the main street electrical parade and i'm i'm feeling that probably watching it in person there's probably more than a few people that have lost their ability to keep dry eyes by the end oh you know it's it's it it really is a fantastic parade um, I wouldn't say my eyes were cr- that I was crying in it. Um, what's really more touching and more affecting uh, as on on that spectrum, though, is the new fireworks show. Yeah, which goes right after. And my goodness, the, I, I've only gotten to see videos of this. I've never been, but the projections on the down Main Street and around the park. So no matter where you are, you've got some kind of neat entertainment that's exclusive to that section. Exactly. Wow. Exactly, and you know, to see chimney sweeps dancing on you know on these projections on Main Street is amazing. Oh, yeah. uh, the I just can't wait to be king section of it, and and then it, you know, like everything else that's been Disney lately, it, it includes Let It Go, of and course. it starts snowing. And I've never been on Main Street during Christmas when the snow was falling, and it's an incredible experience. Uh, it's magical, really. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I'm gonna get there eventually. Oh, and we'll get you there. You know, um, there, there have been a couple other big things happening at Disneyland. We had uh, Peter Pan closed for a while while they were doing some updates and uh, making some changes in, in there. Nothing uh, more cosmetic than anything else. Um, really cool, I pers- though. Yeah, I, personally, I, I yeah, I haven't been on it myself. The line is for Peter Pan, I, I swear, that's the longest line in the park, it feels like. Um, so I haven't had the chance to do that, but... The other big attraction that they updated this year was the Matterhorn, uh, in which they've added projections of the abominable snowman, mm-hmm. affectionately known as Harold, as you're <laughs> going up the uh, up, up the initial ramps, um, and then throughout the ride there are three new animatronics of Harold, uh, which have much more uh, range and motion. You know, they're, they're certainly not the uh, uh, Yeti from. You mean Disco Yeti? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a big and ambitious project that his own weight cannot be thrown around anymore. Exactly, in Everest. But um, <sighs> you know, still, it, it's very you know, very good animatronics, very good motion uh, as he's reaching out and lunging for you. And, and now um, it's actually a scary ride for some people. Well, and, and hey, it was a scary ride for me when I first rode it at eight years old. So, um, But you don't... It, 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 it's still a pretty spectacular ride. It's still a, enjoyable if they could just get the bobsleds back to their previous design, it would be great. So um, it's not the back strain. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah. there's been a lot said about that, but uh, still, it's it's still the Matterhorn. It's still the ride that you know we've been enjoying for 
close to 50 years now. Yo, lady. No, over 50 years, so. Yeah. Um, you know, still that, that's great. Uh, as far as Disneyland goes, the other big, uh, things is there were some big announcements made at the D23 this year. Weren't the improvements, though, to, um, um, Big Thunder Mountain, was that this year or was that last year? Uh, that was last year. Was that last year? Wow. Mm-hmm. Has it been so long? It has oh, been. goodness. But Big Thunder Mountain is still great. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's but, still a great ride. Hopefully they exactly. fix it to where it works a little better. I heard they had some trouble with the steam effect not always working properly, but mm-hmm. that's a whole other subject. But, oh, my gosh, yeah, so you were about to bring up probably D23 and some of the big announcements there, right? Yes, at, B- at D23 they announced that uh, not only was both Disneyland and Disney World going to introduce Seasons of the Force, uh, the big uh, Star Wars events that have been happening in Tomorrowland at Disneyland for the past uh, couple of months now, which, which I know unfortunately is the part. end of Star Wars weekends. But you know, I'm like, hey, you're mm-hmm. about to have some full time Star Wars, so maybe uh, crying over a few weekends is, you know, not really that big a thing. You've mm-hmm. got a whole park coming. Exactly. Um, you know, not just with these updates to Space Mountain with Hyperspace Mountain, or the updates to Star Tours, or the Path of the Jedi, or uh, Star Wars Launch Bay. Um, and the Jedi Training Academy, too. That's also been updated with Seasons of the Force. Yeah, um, and apparently even some Star Wars Rebels villains popping up. Now. Exactly. Well, you've got the seventh sister from Star Wars Rebels. This is a character that's voiced by uh, Buffy herself, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, and, and I'll tell you, my daughter, last time we went to Disneyland, she wasn't interested in doing Jedi Training Academy. And then she heard that the seventh sister is one of the villains, and she wants to go back, and she wants to do that now. Or the Ooh. chance that she'll have to fight against the Seventh Sister. But even with all of that, even with all of the updates that came with Seasons of the Force, yes, we are getting our own Star Wars land. Ah, oh, yes. And, you know, the announcements, um, I know that they said that there's going to be a uh, ride based around the Millennium Falcon. And th- there's another ride that they haven't given away too many details of. But we do know that the land is, is I think, going to be... Um, based around that planet that the Rebels, or the Resistance, rather, was based on towards the end of The Force Awakens, with mm-hmm. it being all green and uh, waterfalls. and cause I, I don't believe that that was the same planet that Maz Kaneda was on. Yeah. But I do kind of wonder, there's supposed to be a climactic battle with the uh, the First Order that you get to play as a ride of some sort, that I wonder <laughs> if it might be that battle there on that planet where, uh, you, you go ahead and say your name because I always get it wrong. Oh, Maz Kaneda? Maz Kaneda, with her little, you know, the ruins that she turned into a cantina. Mm-hmm. Mean, what a great setting that would be to, to have a ride that was part of that battle. You know, that oh, would yeah. be great. And so plus, this- that's another good planet for the uh, Star Tours to hit, by the way. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Should be mm-hmm. you know, coming up, please, Disney, huh? Please? <laughs> hey, we already know that Jakku is in Star Tours, and I'm still waiting to have a chance to ride Star Tours and go there. Yes, and even with a surprise appearance by Finn. The, the funny part about that is, is they started saying that, okay, the timeline for this is now, you know, at this point in history, it is during the original trilogy, because Darth Vader even makes an appearance. But now you could actually ride out there and be 30 years post-Darth Vader. <laughs> well, actually, actually, with Star Tours 2.0, they, they threw all continuity out the window, because <laughs> at one point you can, you know, race against Sebulba in a pod race. And well, at another, could still be alive pod racing on Tatooine while the you know the Empire's in power. Yeah, I don't know how old he's supposed to live as a Doug. You know, well, it's it it's fairly obvious that it's prequel times <laughs> as <laughs> you're writing it. But uh, you know, but still, you know, yeah, Star Tours is great, uh, and I really 
know that it's going to be, you know, it, it's not as complicated as it would have been 20 years ago to completely change the ride system to incorporate these new worlds. And so hopefully we'll see some more options and some more choices as um, as Disney utilizes Star Wars in the coming years. I've just thought of some fan fiction, and I'm calling it copyright my idea right here on the Neverland podcast. What if, and Marvel, make this comic, make this happen. What if Darth Vader returned to Tatooine because he wanted to race the Bulba one last time? <laughs> How cool would that be? What sort of a pod racer do you think Darth Vader shows up with? Because now he's got unlimited resources to make an even faster pod. And even, uh, I don't think the movie mentioned it, but I know in the book it mentions that uh, they actually sell... Anakin's new pod to Sebulba because Sebulba's podless at the end. Mm-hmm. So how cool would that be for for Darth Vader maybe to go back challenge Sebulba? Like maybe the winner gets both of this pod and I want my old pod back. So the winner gets both pods. So Sebulba versus Vader. You know I, I'm all for bringing back the Star Wars Tales anthology. You know that was a comic book put out by Dark Horse that um, is it basically was kind of a what if. For Star Wars, where it wasn't anything continuity based. Um, if you wanted to talk about Skippy the Jedi droid, you could. <laughs> but, That'd be uh, fun. <laughs> now, I, but Disneyland isn't the only Disney park. Um, we've had big events going on all across the the world. But uh, you know, let's focus on well, the world itself on Disney World. We've seen uh, Disney Springs come to fruition yep it's uh, finally and been changed in name now i haven't gotten a chance to look at this much i haven't seen any pictures have you uh i've seen some pictures but i've never been to disney world so yeah i really don't have really much to compare exactly exactly uh, you know i i'm still mourning the loss of pleasure island and the adventurers club as much as i can for never having been there but uh you <laughs> know they by the time i got there too yeah but uh you know they've they've opened up this new uh jocks hangar yeah. You know, based upon, well, if you'll remember in Raiders of the Lost Ark at the very beginning, That's after just Indy's... just my pet snake, Reggie. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Indy's, you know, has to race out of the temple, and after he escapes from Balak and the natives, he runs to the plane, and Jock is the pilot of that plane. Yes, how cool. Now, I hope that somewhere, because I haven't seen any pictures of this either, I hope that they do have a snake in a little aquarium or something there. <laughs> it's like you know, He's got to have Reggie somehow or another represented. Even if it's just an animatronic Reggie somewhere, that would be really awesome. <laughs> well, hey, if you've been to, to Jock's Hangar, uh, please drop us a line. Mm-hmm. Podcast at com. All right. <laughs> or the voicemail number, which will be given at the end of the show, which means you have to listen to the entire show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't memorized the phone number, okay? I'm sorry. Further details can be found at NeverlandPodcast.com. But anyways... <laughs> but you know, so, yes. Oh, and I, you know what? We didn't mention Toy Story Land yet. Exactly. You know, that was announced at D23 as well. Mm-hmm. Which looks actually very cute. I, I, I think it's kind of a... Low key looks like something that's very kid friendly. Rides really reminds me when I saw the uh, they have a Slinky Dog kind of roller coaster that does remind me a lot of the Heimlich's Choo Choo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Toy Story Land I think is exclusive to Walt Disney World. I didn't. I don't think Disneyland is getting it. Are they? No, no. In fact, uh, we really don't have the room for that out at Disney. Yeah, uh, um, and I think that's probably what they. I bet it's kind of like how Dinosaur and the Indy Ride are kind of the same ride, but just different theming. I have mm-hmm. a feeling that the Slinky Dog ride is Heimlich's Choo Choo, only it's you're going to ride on Slinky Dog instead of on Heimlich. Well, th- there's already a Toy Story Land out there yeah, at Disneyland Paris. 
Ah, really? And so, yeah, and so many of the concepts, including the Slinky Dog ride, uh, are already in place at Disneyland Paris. There's, well, there's... what do you know about that? How cool. So I haven't now, gotten to go to Paris either. <laughs> now, there, there's one thing, and I can't believe that I forgot to mention this while we were talking about Disneyland, but uh, we did get a new animatronic figure this year as yes. well. Yes, and there's a name for the Hatbox Ghost. Hattie. Hattie. They just call him Hattie, which I always think of Hattie Durham from the Left Behind books, but, you know... I've heard like a different name, I thought, but maybe I'm thinking of a different character. Maybe it's a name for that. Yeah, well, Harry Harry the Yeti, but I thought there was like another name I heard uh, Michelle Young or something mention, or Jesse knows it or something. Of, but yeah, the word they they, t- they posted something, oh, we're going to go visit blank. And I was like, who? So, yeah. Anyways, side side note. <laughs> but yeah, um, the, the Hatbox Ghost was originally in the, the Haunted Mansion when it first opened back in 1969, but only... For a couple of weeks, at the most, um, yeah. it was taken out because the effect really didn't work. The, yeah. the effect was that his, his head would disappear from on top of his shoulders and appear in this hat box, and then reappear back. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's certainly not the same technology that they had back then, but uh, they've they've made a way to make this work. Uh, and he was included with uh, you know with the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay over the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, which is kind of nice. He gets to celebrate Christmas without a head. Exactly. <laughs> He's got his head in a hat box for a Christmas present. See? It all there makes we go. sense. It's <laughs> uh, so a fine Christmas present, you know. But yes, hat box ghost. I hope he comes to Walt Disney World as well. I'm sure everybody would go crazy for that. And I'm really looking forward to getting a chance to see it myself because I've been a fan of the Haunted Mansion ever since I bought a cassette tape at the Disney store of uh, a spooky night in the Haunted Mansion, which was basically a, re- you know, from the vinyl. It was, you know, oh, it was really great to have it. And I was really excited about the character. I thought, ooh, how cool, you know. And then then he wasn't there when I found out while he was on the ride. And I was like, oh, that's too bad. But yeah, it's nice to have him back. Very special day. Very mm-hmm. special day. Oh, and, so. But we've still got 999 happy haunts. Yeah. Well, yeah, and with adding one, <laughs> yeah, I guess you know adding. Well, he was always there; he just wasn't making appearances. See, there we go. He there was already go. one of the ninety-nine, nine hundred ninety-nine. I mean, <laughs> so because you are the thousand, if you happen to keel over in there, I guess. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> before that drags on, uh, my goodness, um, I think that's just about everything I can think of that happened in the parks. Yeah, I mean we. Disney World, they also had the opening of the Skipper's Cantina. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, and uh, Jungle uh, Cruise theme, for anyone who doesn't mm-hmm. know. As well as their own version of Trader Sam's. Oh, indeed. Uh, but the cruise line actually has uh, popped up with something new. The Tangled Musical had just debuted in November. Uh, and speaking of musical, a couple things changed in Disneyland with the closing of Aladdin, the musical... Aladdin has been running at Disneyland for well over a decade, or at California Adventure for well over a decade. It's yeah. it's a Broadway caliber show with some uh, really great special effects, and um, it, it's it, it's bittersweet bittersweet to see it go. It's it's been there for so long. It's been really a great uh, addition to California Adventure, but it got and frozen, didn't it? It did. It did. <laughs> um, you know, un- unfortunately. The, the Hollywood Studios section of the park, which is where the Hyperion Theater is that uh, houses Aladdin, um, has been taken over by Frozen quite a bit. Um, yeah. 
you know, it's hard to see another Frozen thing coming into the park when you've already got Anna and Elsa in the animation building. You've got the sing-along going on at the former Muppet Theater, and you've got uh, the Olaf meet-and-greet taking up the old uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire stage. It's just one more aspect of Frozen still in the parks that, you know, if, if, if we could at least get the Muppets back, that'd be great. Yeah. Because that was being used for something. I mean, who cares if, you know, the old uh, um, American Idol Theater, you know, have an Olaf. Well, it wasn't being used for anything else. No big deal. But, you know, taking away from the Muppets, like, hey, wait a minute. That actually had something going on in there. Yeah. And well, this, and- I mean, the Muppets now are, you know, are regaining some popularity with a, 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 a fairly popular ABC television show that I think steadily got better as the show went on. Mm-hmm. And I'm expecting great things when they come back because they're going to retool and kind of work out a few more bugs and get that to be the, the Muppets that we've loved for years, I think. so. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and transitioning into TV. Um, yeah, this has definitely been a big year with uh, the Muppets coming back to TV. Right. You're right. They, they did have a, a bit of a struggle when they first came out uh, with, the, with the new series. But it has gained some traction. and. Yeah. You know, over the past few weeks, it has gotten better and better each week. Yes, it has. So, I think oh, it's starting to feel more like the Muppets to me because they started getting a little bit of that wackiness with uh, the major accident happening to Gonzo uh, mm-hmm. from the, the moon. Because that entire sequence felt like an episode of the Muppet Show where they'd have a guest star on singing a song with Miss Piggy and then in the background, the scenery is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's so Muppet Show. I was like, oh, thank God. This is exactly what I've been waiting for. So yeah, it's been incredible, and and you know, looking back at uh, DCA, maybe they are going to work on a new 3D Muppets uh, attraction. We can only hope, but definitely seeing the Muppets back on TV has been great. Yeah. Um, personally, my favorite character on the show is now Uncle Deadly. <laughs> He's been great yeah, as he? as Piggy's assistant. He has he been fantastic. He is so funny. <laughs> and I love the way his mouth kind of moves. They they really use those those. You, know, you you don't want to think about the technical aspects, but you can tell they're using a lot more of their their knuckle to bend his beak you know around mm-hmm. a little bit as he talks and for right sort of emphasis. And just, oh, he's such such a great character, and that's really great because he was he was kind of a background had a couple of bits in the Muppet Show, and then I really love that they they used him in the Muppets. Uh, the, you know, I'm talking the movie. I didn't want to say the Muppet movie because that's a different thing. But, you know, in the Muppets, having him uh, as kind of a villain with Bobo the, the bear. And I love the conversation they have. Like, you ever get the, the feeling we're working for the bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, having him teamed up with Bobo was great. And so, oh, yes, I'm with you. I've been loving having him so active in the TV show. And having exactly. him be like, he's almost like a screener for Piggy in a little bit. It's like, <laughs> you don't want to talk to her right now. She's kind of having a moment. Um, yes. <laughs> There are no jeggings, you're on your own. <laughs> yes. But you, you know, the only question I've got still about the Muppets, where's Walter? Exactly. Where is you know, Walter? I know Peter Lenz is on the show. Let's get Walter in there. I mean, we spent yeah. all, get we spent a whole Chip. movie. Yeah. Get rid oh. of Chip. He's not funny. He's kind of annoying. Put Walter in there. Walter can be the IT guy. <laughs> Because, I don't know, Chip is just, it's awkward. His pupils blink, and just, I don't, I, I don't like the look of that Muppet. And I've heard Steve Swanson talk about this from Muppet Cast. I completely agree with Steve Swanson. Uh, it's, you know, and, and really, I think, we all know the IT guys are not really kind of like that. Granted, this is a Muppet, but it's like, why do the, you know, IT guys always have to be the ridiculous, bad nerd characters that are just awkward? Because, no, they're not like that. <laughs> okay. 
um, I'll, I'll just refer you to watching the IT crowd on Netflix and leave it at that. I've not heard of that, but okay. <laughs> the IT crowd, yeah. But, uh, y- you know, uh, other big things that have been happening with Disney television is you had uh, Agent Carter this year. Yes, the premiere of Agent Carter, and that's something to look forward to for 2016, and she's coming back for another season. Exactly, and and last year it was all set in New York. It was uh, uh, Howard Stark's inventions um, and ideas really being uh, utilized by others and trying to get them back and trying to, uh-huh. to keep them in, uh, in it. But I think the, the great thing coming out of that is the is Peggy's line of, I know my value. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And uh, golly, is that on Netflix yet? Uh, you know, I don't believe it is. I bet the, before before the series starts, Netflix ought to get it out there so we can refresh our memories of that first season. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah, definitely fun. You know, she's going to be in Hollywood and having some adventures there. And uh, I, I got to kind of reference what Lost Boy Philip was telling me the other day, New Year's Eve, uh, that he. He's not really been a fan of Agents of Shield, but he always lo- he looks forward now to when they take their break and Agent Carter comes on. Which personally, <laughs> I've loved Mar- I've loved Agents of Shield since the beginning because mm-hmm. I understood it wasn't going to be so much about powers when it came on, so it was kind of what I expected. But I think it's just gotten better and better, and this season was a lot of fun, and I've loved this this alien pl- world that they were going and exploring, and you know, more development in the kind of relationship between um, Gemma and um, um, I forget his first name, but. Simmons? Yeah, Fitz and Simmons, you know, or Fitz Simmons. I've loved their developing relationship and how that's kind of tangled around. That's been very interesting to watch and a very great scene there when uh, he had went to go and, you know, and pull her back off that alien planet oh, yeah. and you think he's not going to make it and suddenly the portal closes and the the, 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 the rock crumbles and you're thinking, oh no! And then you see him come out and then digging her away from the rubble and you're like, he got her out! You know, oh, such a good television! And oh, I'm like, yeah. how are people not enjoying this? They must well, not and, be watching. Well, and and you know, we even had the last half of season two this year, which you know really introduced the world of the Inhumans. And, yes, you know all of these weird and fantastic powers that are, you know, now we're seeing starting to manifest. But what the culture was like before, and you know how that was utilized, and 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 really led into the events, you know, and helped lead into the events for. Uh, the Avengers this year. Yes. But that's I, that's I that's jumping a, a little you, forward. Yeah, the, I love how the uh, season finale, you watch that one, and they're making the call to call the Avengers in to finish off Hydra, and then you go watch the movie right after, which I kind of did, because mm-hmm. it was that same week that the Avengers Age of Ultron was coming out. I love how they did that. It was so great. I was so excited uh, that, that beginning Avengers. Oh, it's all connected. As we have to say, oh, I was, it was I was in geek heaven, man. <laughs> uh, was was there any other Disney TV that really stood out to you this year? Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you watch Once Upon a Time? Because I don't. You know, I I don't. Uh, there's people in my family that watch it, and I know that they were really thrilled about the uh, Frozen aspects. But that was 2014. Yeah. Uh, the only um, thing but... I know big of this year was Snow White be- got turned to the dark side or something. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Again, that it, it's not something that I covered, but uh, check out the Once Upon a Time podcast by uh, Jeff Roney. And his wife. Uh, which exactly. They were guests of uh, the first season of Neverland Podcast. Uh, Jesse spoke with them because Jesse's been getting into that show, but Jesse's mm-hmm. not here <laughs> to talk about it because I know he enjoys that show. So, you know, um, uh, the, the other big uh, Disney TV thing that uh, has come up recently is the uh, end of Gravity Falls on the Disney Channel. 
the end of it because they, they're about to start a new season. Is this the final season? No, no, this is the final season. It was announced a few weeks ago. Oh, um, that and I just uh, got into the show. Oh, I, I, I just happened to stumble upon uh, the episode, a bit of the episode where the weird, creepy pyramid guy like conquered the, mm-hmm. the world, and I was like, oh, I was like, this is kind of interesting. I wanted to see how they were going to get out of it, so I slowly started getting into it, and I've now set my DVR to watch this next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is, it's a weird, quirky, fun show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is really kind of cool. You know, it's sort of like Phineas and Ferb. I'm kind of late on getting to that because when I first saw it, I thought the characters looked, yeah, I don't know, I don't like the character designs. But when you start watching Phineas and Ferb, it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of like it. So I've, I've started kind of watching some of that now when it's on. But it's ugh, Gravity Falls going away and I just got started watching, man. Well, and and to be right. honest, the well the create the creator said that it was his choice to end it. Um, he wanted to tell the story of a brother and sister spending a summer uh, in this strange town and learning about the mysteries that were there. And you know, the storyline has been, you know, well, what are we going to do next? Uh, you know, are we going to split up while Dipper stays in Gravity Falls and uh, Mabel moves back home? It is coming to an end, sadly, and and I know that they are getting ready to, if they haven't already, they're getting close to announcing, you know, when that uh, series finale is going to end. But you brought up uh, Phineas and Ferb, that also ended this year. Yeah, that ended too. Now I've so, heard that there's I'm a so movie late to in the works. These cartoons on Disney Channel because I start watching when they end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what now, got me into Disney uh, that Phineas Ferb. I believe it was this year that they had their Star Wars episode, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was earlier this year. And that was great. I loved that. <laughs> but uh, but again, that's that's all that I'm that, that's coming to my mind about Disney TV this this past year. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of Disney parks, though, we forgot to mention that the Frontierland Barbecue is closing. A lot of Frontierland. Mm-hmm. Oh, this this is actually 2016 that all yeah. of this is going to happen. But uh, yeah, we're the, well, I th- I the thought some of the closure closure had already begun. Nope, not yet. Not oh, yet. Okay. That's actually. So not yet. Uh, that 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 is through the uh, it's either the 9th or tenth of January is when everything's going okay. Close. So that's still future. But all mm-hmm. right. So going back into 2015, uh, had some really important Disney legends announced at D23. Oh yes, yes. George Lucas gets to be a Disney legend now. <laughs> Which, granted, uh, I, I I wouldn't say just because now Disney owns the Lucasfilm that they can say can, can call him a legend. Really, he's done work, you know, Captain EO, uh, exactly. and also Star Tours. I mean, he's already done some big stuff, and even already in the parks, I think he can he deserved the legend status right from that. Yeah, well, and there's that little, uh, you know, Indiana Jones ride too. Yeah, and, it's, yeah, and a big stunt show that I thought was awesome. I don't know why some people complain about it. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's just a few little things. So George Lucas definitely earned his place. Also, Danny Elfman has earned his place. He's done a lot of great work with Disney films now. Uh, with you know, even uh, even though a lot of people really didn't really care for Oz the Great and Powerful, I liked it, and his score was really cool on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, Danny Elfman has done so much stuff, and he's one of my favorite composers. Very excited that he got put in as a Disney legend. Yeah, I mean, the 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 only. Um bad thing, I think, coming out of the, the loss of the Disney decade back in the 90s is that we didn't get uh, the Dick Tracy Showstoppers show, which would have included Danny Elfman's music in it. Right! A very good score on that one, too. I exactly. Think really great themes. But not, of course, Not a great movie. It's, it's pretty fun, but it's not a great movie, but the score was great. Exactly. But, you know, uh, just within the past few years, of course, he, he also did the music for Frankenweenie. Yes. Um, he did movie. the music. 
Martin. He did the music for uh, Mystic Manor in Hong Kong, yes. uh, which opened a couple years ago. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely been involved in the Disney world. And do we have to even mention The Nightmare Before Christmas? I think everybody does. Uh, of knows. course not. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> we know. There are some serious diehards about that, and it's great to have it incorporated into the park with actually his music in that ride. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's very, very, very cool. Uh, and also then Andreas Deja or De- how do you Yeah, say it? Andreas Deja. Yeah. He's he's been an animator at Disney for well, he he just recently retired, but uh he's been an animator for for many years. He uh did Mickey in Mickey's Christmas Carol. He uh was the lead animator for Gaston in Beauty and the Beast, for Jafar in Aladdin, for Scar in The Lion King. You know, he did Lilo he, he was the lead animator for Lilo, Lilo go. and Stitch. Um, he did Tigger in Winnie the Pooh that came out a couple of years ago. You know, he, he's done, you know, it. He's just clearly as, earned his status as a legend. Oh, very much so. Very much yes. so. You know, and, you know, when we think of Disney animators, we have to think of the Nine Old Man, or we think of um, Glenn Keane. Um, mm-hmm. Andreas Deja should be right up there with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all those animators, all the great animators through the years really deserve it. Heck, Don Bluth earns has earned a status to me as a Disney legend, but I don't know if they've ever given it to him, have they? Uh, I don't know that they would give it to him, given his history with Disney. Yeah, but he's he did a lot of great work with Disney, and it should be recognized, I think. Well, hey, I'll, I'll still say this. Uh, you know, Elliot the Dragon is still one of my favorite yeah. animated characters. And was, <laughs> yeah. And, and that was very much Don Bluth. Yes, it was. There was definitely a style Don Bluth added to a lot of those features, including, I believe, the Rescuers really kind of felt Don Bluth to me, and I I don't know if he had worked on it, but I'm pretty sure he did. I know Mm -hmm. the Fox and the Hound was one of his where he worked on. But yeah, he definitely had a style he brought to it, and I know there was some bad blood or something going on there. I don't know the whole story of it, but he he deserves it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, let's just say that his philosophy regarding animation was different than what Disney was pursuing at the time. And, yeah. you know, for better or worse, he did strike out on his own. And, you know, for, for the longest time, he was able to really make uh, his vision work. But, you know, yeah. that that's a discussion for another, uh, for another, for another show. Yeah, uh, you especially, might just have to do it. Yeah, and, you know, I'll tell you, right now is probably a good time to look into it because he is looking at uh, crowdfunding a Dragon, Dragon Slayer. Slayer movie. Yeah. But, Fantastic uh, idea. <laughs> but, you know... Just moving back to Disney, one other uh, legend that I really want to mention as well is Julie Reem Casaletto. Um, she may not be too familiar to a lot of people, but if you remember the Disneyland Tencennial uh, show from The Wonderful World of Disney, she was the ambassador uh, that was escorted by Walt as he was introducing uh, elements for Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion and New Orleans Square and It's a Small World. Uh, really the first opportunity people had to see what these new attractions were that Disney was working on at the time. Cool. And speaking of Walt Disney, uh, this was kind of neat. They just mentioned that Walt Disney had been the Grand Marshal of the Rose Bowl Parade in 1966 and now this year you had the big like three level Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl 60th anniversary Disney float. Which, Wasn't that spectacular? Oh my gosh. It was so cool. And of course they had to put Frozen out in front. Mm-hmm. You know, and then of course Central, of course, was Sleeping Beauty Castle with all of the there. 60th anniversary markings. Yes, and then of course a large Star Wars float 
Well, complete been in front, but yeah. that's okay. Well, hey, it was complete with a moving Millennium Falcon. Oh, fantastic! And they stopped and did a big Disney-style show. They had a lot of uh, costume characters come out with little children dressed the same way, which <laughs> is adorable. And then pyro—they set off some pyro on this yeah. thing. And I'm like, how did you not set your float on fire? It's made out of flowers. Oh, just. And I'm sure it's somewhere on YouTube. I've got the the video on my DVR. If I figure out how to get video off my DVR, I'd post it myself and share it. But, Mm -hmm. oh, if you didn't see this, where were you on on yesterday morning? Well, I'll I'll say Friday morning because it's Saturday to us. It's yesterday, but you're probably hearing this on Monday. So it was on New Year's Day morning. There you go. (laughs) That sums it up. Oh, just beautiful and just great. I mean, it's everything you would expect from Disney. Mm Mm-hmm. So, oh, just just a wonderful thing. So, uh, there is, by the way, some making. Uh, if you go, I think it was Disneyland's official YouTube channel did have some of the behind the scenes of making the floats. So definitely, you can go and check that out. Oh, by the way, I've got some audio of that. Today, we're putting the finishing touches on Disneyland Diamond Celebration Awaken Your Adventure Float for the 127th annual Rose Parade. Our float contains three sections. There's Frozen, there's our centerpiece, the Diamond Celebration Castle, and finally, we have Star Wars. This float is is, uh, actually inspired by the new Star Wars theme land, which is coming soon to the Disneyland Resort. And we used a lot of inspiration from those concept art. So we use a lot of very unique flowers, which they're applying now, that are a little bit different, a little bit more exotic, and we're having a lot of fun with it. Today I get to decorate uh, the the frozen float uh, for the parade. I've watched the parade for decades uh, at home. This is the first time I've actually gotten to participate in actually helping decorate uh, one of the floats. I've been told wherever there's white, I put on the glue, and then it's followed by uh, this coconut, and then we, we basically put the coconut on where the glue was, and it'll stick it, and the whole float has to be covered with uh, natural products. I've watched the parade for years and years and years, and I've heard about all the work that it takes, but to actually do it and to see how many people it takes and the dedication, it's unbelievable. Okay, and the next thing we've definitely got to talk to, there was a lot of really great Disney movies. Because after all, this started as a, uh, a film company, even, you know, animation, but, you know, with movies, it's still part of film, you know. Exactly. Uh, and, of course, we already mentioned Avengers Age of Ultron, which I really like. I, it it kind of got a little bit of mixed review. Some people I thought were a little disappointed, but I thought it was a great movie. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was a follow-up, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of... Uh, is this going to be as good as the first movie? And I, I don't think any of the expectations following the first Avengers movie could have been met. But still, it was a it was a fun and enjoyable movie. I really liked uh, the character of Ultron. Yeah, very different wow. from what I expected uh, with James Spader's performance. Yeah, um, wow. And he even brought almost a, a vulnerability to personality. You know, like because he he wanted his two friends. You know, having Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch as you know his friends. And when they kind of weren't going with him, you could feel the. Uh, Hey, I thought you were my friends, but he's like, "Well, fine, you're all humans anyway. I'm going to just destroy everything." You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And what a, well, spoiler alert, what a shock, though, to kill off Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah. But I think it had to do with the little war with Fox, because Fox made such a great Quicksilver mm-hmm. uh, that really, after seeing that, they were like, you know what, let's kill the character. We don't want to play with that character, because it just feels popularity for them. Yeah. And it's so weird to have them being, and that might be what a lot of what people didn't like, and I, I'm still kind of little about it a little bit, but they had them as genetic experiments because they could not use the word mutant. Right. I would just never have mentioned an origin. Don't call mm-hmm. them with genetic experiments or anything like that. Just say that they were there. You could even just say they were born with these powers. Or, or call them inhumans. Yeah, if you have to go that far to call them inhumans, then that's fine. You know, because mm-hmm. that, that's really they're using inhumans in place of mutants anymore, the way they're treating it. And it's, it works. Yeah, yeah. So the big other Marvel movie this year was Ant-Man, which I think <laughs> was a surprise to a lot of people because, you know, you hear the name of it. And I remember when it was first coming around, there was people like, Ant-Man? But I, and I'd be like, yes, Ant-Man, isn't it great? And Paul Rudd, a, uh, well, not quite a Kansas City native, but he's from around the area. Awesome Ant-Man. He was so great. Mm-hmm. Such and, and, charm. <laughs> yeah, and, and coming to it with that, you know, tongue-in-cheek sensibility that... Yes. Ant-Man, really. Yeah, I, and I like that it was a heist movie. You know, that this has been you know, one <laughs> yeah. of the things about Marvel films. You've got the spy thriller and Winter Soldier. You've got, uh, you know, this heist movie. It, it's not just... We're superheroes and we're doing superheroic things. No, we're, you know, breaking in and stealing stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, stuff. <laughs> we'll use that <laughs> word. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and and the, the supporting cast, uh, his his friends that, well, I guess friends, <laughs> that uh, were helping with these heists. You know. Oh, yeah. You know, just, just great additions to the cast. Yes, indeed. And even a little bit of an appearance by Peggy Carter there. Yes, right the at the very back. beginning. I was I was excited. I was like I nudged Heather. I was like, "Look, Peggy Carter." <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 the same actor playing uh, Howard Stark from Iron Man Two. Yes. As well. Well, so you know cool. they're they're keeping up that continuity and yes, you know, they and are. they they even rolled Hydra into it as well. Mm-hmm. I I just love it. <laughs> the, such a great movie. I don't own a copy of that one yet. I'm going to get it eventually. I need to get that one. I did love that film. Mm-hmm. Such a good one. Well, but Pixar was no slouch this year. My no, goodness. With, with two new releases. And, two new uh, releases. Yeah, we've talked about both of them on the show before. Um, you know, The Good Dinosaur, really great story, but I, I think Inside Out was the, the better movie of the two. Yeah, it was definitely had a lot of depth with Inside Out. It was, wow. It was and it was an emotional movie about emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and just a brilliant piece of work, and I, I was fun that my second viewing, I, I got in for free because I was driving a bus full of middle schoolers that were going <laughs> to see it as part of uh, an ed- part of their education, which I thought was great because that's the perfect age to see that movie because it is really about things that they're dealing with at their age, right? And the, the grand scheme of things. Oh my goodness! It was well, and a really it, great it, film. and it's all about childhood and yes. having to let things go uh, and having and to grow up a little bit. Exactly. Wow. And, and you know, which also was a theme in the Good Dinosaur. Yeah, it was. With, with Arlo having to to learn. Yeah, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be frightened of things. It's you ain't afraid. How... You ain't alive, boy. Exactly. <laughs> and who who would guess that that was a western? Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And I I don't think people give Good Dinosaur enough credit. Uh, I because granted, it's not one of the best Pixar films, but it's definitely not one of their worst. It's oh. it's that middle of the road. 
it's what you expect from Pixar, and you're going to enjoy it. And the biggest criticism I think I've heard, and I actually enjoyed this, is that when they put such realistic, believable backgrounds, Arlo looks a little weird because he's so cartoony. Mm-hmm. But I liked that because it helped it still feel Pixar-ish. Right. You know? It, it, it made you still. It made him an endearing character to have that emotional kind of cartoon sort of look to him. Because mm-hmm. when they push too hard and they try to look too real, it won't feel like animation as much. You know, no yeah. mean. I mean, it'll be animation, but it'll feel like they're trying to, you know, like the Final Fantasy film. You know, from way back where they just thought, oh, we're going to computer animate it and make it as real as possible because we believe one day that computer animation will replace actors. You know, we will only have two voices. You know, not that it had anything to do with any established Final Fantasy. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I only saw the movie once, and I wasn't really that impressed. Other than the animation was really top notch. Uh, I did. I couldn't get into it. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Uh, well, but yeah, you know, I, there. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I wouldn't want them to push for too much realism uh, mm-hmm. when with I, with their characters. I like a little bit. I mean, when you consider stuff like you know the great yeah the blue umbrella, everything looks so real. But it had that cartooniness and the inanimate object's ability to make expressions and smile and move. Mm-hmm. That they, they had a little bit of cartoony expression, even if they, they looked really real. It's, I, I think a good dinosaur, I thought, had a pretty good balance in that. And I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and certainly Pixar did dominate uh, Disney animated features this year, but we did get a Disney animated short. Yeah, we got Frozen Fever, which I didn't see. <laughs> Well, which is more frozen, but uh, you know, at, at least it pushes the story along a little bit more until we get frozen too. Um, oh but <laughs> but uh, the premise behind this short is uh, Elsa gets a cold. Who'd have thought? I thought the cold didn't bother her. Well, and she even mentions that. Anyway, <laughs> but it, it's a nice little update to to what's going on between you know Anna and Elsa and Sven and. Kristoff, and and you even get a, 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 a tiny little shot of Hans in there as well. Oh, fine. I won't say what happens to him. Okay. But you've also got the introduction of some new cute little characters called the Snowgies. Um, but that uh, was actually the short that ran before Cinderella this year. Which I wanted to see, but I haven't gotten a chance to yet. I'm definitely going to see that one. It did look pretty cool. You know, I've... I've I'll, I'll admit I haven't sat down to watch it. I've been in the same room while it's been playing, but uh, you know it was directed by Kenneth Brana, who uh, was the director of Thor, exactly, mm-hmm. and who's got all of this uh, Shakespearean experience behind him as well, and has such great charm. I just want to granted that we're going to talk a little Harry Potter, but his character in Harry Potter, uh, the second one there, the Chamber of Secrets, uh, Gilderoy Lockhart. Gilderoy Lockhart. He was so great as that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He certainly I, was. He, that's still my favorite thing I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, check out Henry V. Seen it. Very okay, good. There you yes. go. There you go. <laughs> Very good. I saw we watched it in school once. And yeah, he was great. He's he's great really in everything. Even that uh that Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, he was very good at Dr. Frankenstein as well. But still Gilderoy Lockhart is my favorite character because he's got such charm and he's so funny. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Well, and and as far as Cinderella goes, again, I haven't seen all of it. Um, I do know that Helena Helena uh, Bonham Carter Helena Bonham Carter was the fairy godmother. Well, that's and, weird, but yeah. <laughs> and, and she did a she did a good job. In fact, her "Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo" song uh, is something that's been played around my house an awful lot. Is it um, is it the actual old old "Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo" song, or is it a new song? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, now I want to hear it. Yeah. Well, gee, but, okay. Um, Hello, Redbox. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, there was another uh, 
Disney-related property that came out this year, one based or one named rather after one of the lands. Hmm. At Could a that Disney have been Parks Tomorrowland. Yes. Now there there was a lot of lead up to this movie. In fact, there was a an alternate reality game. Uh, yep. In place for it, and a which lot... didn't take place this year. That was actually two years ago at D twenty three, really, and it came to a head. Mm-hmm. Such a big build up for a movie, and I was very yeah. actually disappointed with it. You know, I the 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 premise behind it. You know, we want a world where there's promise and excitement and hope. Yeah. But as a culture, we focus so much on the negativity and the, the things to bring us down. And, you know, how do we balance that? Where do we find the dreamers? Where do we look for them? And it walked right up to that line. And that. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love Brad Bird as a director. Yeah. I, I love the Iron Giant. I love yeah. the Incredibles. Um, you know, I'd like to know a little bit more about what happened behind the scenes to get to this point. I know that he gave up directing Star Wars so that he could direct Tomorrowland. I would like to see what he could do with a Star Wars film, actually. As would I. That As would be I. interesting. You know, I'm, somehow or another, this movie just it fell flat somewhere. You know, I still love the message, though, and yeah. I, I still want to make some room on my shelf for this for this Blu-ray. Yeah, um, well, it's out there. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'll be purchasing it because I can't see myself watching it repeatedly. But, uh, you know, I, I still liked it. I enjoyed it. It just... Uh, it, 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 I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. I was really excited by the beginning of it, going back to the World's Fair and having the, the secret entrance inside Small World and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and hearing the great big beautiful Tomorrow music in there. You know, there's a lot of stuff to be excited about. But exactly. Then, you know, it just didn't quite sell itself the right way. Well, you know... What could have been? What could have been? <laughs> you know, um, also, I know that Disney put out a little art house movie this year. Oh, what? Strange Magic? No, there was that. They were more uh, of a... McFarland USA? USA? That. You know, McFarland USA, um, that's also something that was played in my home, but I didn't really pay attention to it. Monkey Kingdom, maybe that's what you mean. <laughs> nope. Those Disney nature films have been pretty good, though. Yeah, um, yeah. Something about disagreements or discussions. Oh, that's right. That movie about arguing whether or not Pluto is a planet. There you go. Yeah. Uh, located on a star, I guess. <laughs> a and death star? It just got blown up uh, along with the mm-hmm. rest of the system by a giant star killer planet in Star Wars The Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> Small art house flick that is currently now the... Well, I guess it hasn't quite beaten, beaten Avatar, but they're predicting by by Monday it will have beaten Avatar for being the topest-grossing movie of all time. Right. In fact, uh, as we're recording it, it was just announced... Or as we're recording the show, it was just announced that it has surpassed Titanic. Which is, makes me happy, because Titanic, I enjoyed the first time. <laughs> we'll say I don't think it was as great a movie as some people think, but that's okay. They can enjoy it all they want. Well, I knew the ending before I went in to see that. One. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the second time I was waiting for the iceberg to hit because it gets very exciting at that point, and it's very, very good storytelling of survival at that point. Uh, which well, I did well. Granted, okay, okay, I guess that gives me a good excuse. I should go see the finest hours after all because I did like the survival aspect. Well, hey, if, 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 if you want to talk about survival, let's talk about escaping from a TIE fighter um, before it gets swallowed up and blown up in the desert sands. No kidding. 
<laughs> that was cool. Although my wife yesterday was saying, you know, that seems a bit excessive to make it seem like Poe's dead to have the TIE fighter blow up too. I'm like, okay, Wait, Ken, I don't know. I thought, it was, I thought, well, naturally it's going to explode. That's what TIE fighters do. They blow up when you hit them a few times. Just like Stormtrooper armor. It doesn't protect you from anything. Should, should we be, you know, talking about spoilers right now? Well, maybe we... Uh, okay, at 2 billion, who hasn't seen this movie yet? <laughs> Okay, let, let's just say, you know, warning Neverlanders, we're going to get into some spoiler territory here. Yeah. Well, we warning, warning, warning. We were going through it with our review that hopefully... This is true, first. this is true. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I don't think we really have to give any plot points away, but let's just say it was an exciting event, and the build-up of the anticipation was handled very well at D23 even, and then Star Wars Celebration this year, built it up, and... I, I don't think it disappointed. I mean, it was it was it was different, yet it was a little bit the same. Um, with repeated viewings, it gets better every time I see it. You know, and a lot of a lot of things that I questioned, I think, with repeated viewings, I'm kind of like, oh no, well, I guess if you look at it this way, then that's cool. So, mm-hmm. and the, the soundtrack is great. And uh, a little shout out to Rebel. Oh, if you, if y'all don't listen to Rebel Force Radio, Star Wars Oxygen with David Collins really helped me appreciate even more the music in there because he, he, he David Collins really gets in there and analyzes little bits of music that I don't think about uh, and I've really been enjoying listening to the score anyway because it's John Williams but mm-hmm. yeah definitely check out Rebel Force Radio and Star Wars Oxygen they dove right into The Force Awakens this week and I really enjoyed it big shout out there so <laughs> oh yeah definitely go buy that soundtrack if you if you like to listen to musical scores Definitely go buy that soundtrack. It's got a lot of really great stuff uh, and really great themes that when you analyze some stuff, it's even better. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, it, hey, we're living at a time where we've got a new Star Wars movie. <gasps> How about that? And not just a new Star Wars movie. We've got a new Star Wars movie coming out at the end of this year. We've got a new Star Wars movie coming out in the middle of 2017. We've got Star Wars movies for at least the next five years. <sighs> you know, and you know. So what if the movie had so many references to the original trilogy? We're setting up something brand new. We're yes. you know, we're we're not looking back at the the prequels where things were so different that everyone disliked them. Yeah. We're we're setting up a new trilogy. We're setting up a new anthology. Yeah. There's and it still be felt chaos. different enough, I thought. Oh yeah. I, it was it was a little darker. Mm-hmm. I think for for launching it was very kind of dark and uh you know, and especially granted. Okay, look, it's another Death Star, and they even have a trench run sort of scene. But the 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 fact that they've they've stepped up the game, and now this thing destroys an entire system mm-hmm. of planets, and just to wipe out the Republic. Well, according to the government, I'm sure the Republic still lives in some fashion, but it wiped out the Senate, uh, and just to really to take the power away from the Resistance, uh, which the Resistance was pretty much like the Republic military, but I mm-hmm. guess there was a Republic fleet still separate. <laughs> That they were well, hoping for reinforcements, which I guess they cut that off too. <laughs> well, and I've got to wonder how much, how much how much of the first order was still on Starkiller Base when it blew up. Yeah, I guess especially that was do, their main base of operations. It seems that way, and that you do see where where even escaping you know generals are telling people, no, go go man your station. And the guy's like, uh, I think this thing's about to blow. Oh no, go man your station! How dare you leave mm-hmm. your post? I'm getting out of here. You know that yeah. kind of thing. So you didn't know they did lose quite a bit. So. How big is the First Order? I'm sure we'll find out. And Episode 8 actually is coming out on my 40th birthday. Woo! Excellent. Happy birthday. Yeah, well, I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, it works out because... Uh, it's exactly this 40 came... years, you know, well, of, well, the, anniversary. The... Although it's not the exact release date, but mm-hmm. 
It'll be one day after the original release date of Star Wars, but it's on my birthday, so I don't care. Close enough. Close enough. Close enough. Well, you know, hey, hey, our friend Jedi Schwa over at uh, Techno Retro Dads, this opened up on his birthday, didn't it? The Force Awakens? I don't know. Schwa, if you're listening, let us know. (laughs) (laughs) I need to have him come back on the show to talk about uh, some new seasons of some... uh, some DC television sometime. I'm planning to make that conversation happen, so y'all keep an eye out there. Uh, <laughs> I am going to make contact with him and Jay again, because they were fun to have on. So anyway, but that's a whole other topic. Um, so yes, and you know we've got, you know, looking, I guess we're ready to start looking ahead to 2016. We've got Star Wars Rogue One coming this year. Exactly. Coming out this coming December. Fantastic. Another Star Wars movie. <laughs> Hey, yeah, and on. you know what we do know is that it is going to be based about, around the uh, rebels getting the plans for that first Death Star that uh, Princess Leia eventually loads into R two D two for her safety, yeah. which is cool. So, Although I, I kind of hope that just for giggles they do have uh, a character named for uh, I forgot his name now that was in the Dark Forces game because at the beginning of that old game you do the very first thing you're doing is going in and stealing the uh, the plans. Kyle Katarn. Kyle Katarn. Thank you. I would love it if they actually just find a way to get the character in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was either Kyle Katarn or Dash Rendar. No, it was Kyle Katarn. Dash Rendar was Shadows of the Empire. Ah, there you go. Which I have spotted in the Disney Infinity Rise of the Empire. I'm pretty sure I saw a Dash Rendar's ship flying around uh, Mos Eisley. Oh, cool. Don't quote me on it, but I swear I saw it. Which I was like, oh, cool! You know, just a little slow in, just for fun, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Now, if you think you've seen it as well, confirm it. You know, send us an email or something. Let me know that you swear you saw it too. Somebody start checking the skies, but I'm pretty sure I saw it. So, uh, also in 2016, as far as movies go, BFG uh, mm-hmm. we found out is not the actual first Spielberg directed directed Disney film. You found something with Tom Hanks called The Bridge of Spies, right? That just came out, out this last year. Um, it, I believe it was more of a DreamWorks production released by Disney. Hmm, which is odd. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's their new distribution agreement. Ah, yeah. Which is still kind of weird to have DreamWorks going, because DreamWorks kind of was built by people who left Disney, you know? So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, well, at least they're getting along, right? So Right, right. So it's not technically a Disney film, but it was Disney released. Mm-hmm. So the first actual Disney production, though, from Steven Spielberg is still BFG, based on a book by the guy that I can, cannot pronounce his name. Okay. Rolled? Like rolled oats? Rolled. Rolled doll. Rolled doll. Okay, because it looks really weird when you see the spelling. <laughs> Rolled doll. Exactly. Uh, writer of such great hits as Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, also coming out this year, coming out in March, we've got Zootopia. Woohoo! Which also itself just released a new uh, teaser or a new trailer this week. I have not seen that trailer. I'll have to go and find it, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it next week on Trailer Park. <laughs> now. Also, uh, Disney Feature Animation is going to have a second release this year uh, in November. Moana featuring... Yeah. Uh, featuring The Rock, Dwayne exactly. the Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As Maui. <laughs> awesome. Which is a really kind of fun, if you've seen the designs of this character. Uh, oh, we have actually a little bit of information about that that was released by Disney. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a video on YouTube. Here's the audio right here. Action. To celebrate the new year, we're giving you a special look at Disney Animation Studios' newest movie, Moana. The movie tells the story of a young girl named Moana, who leaves her island home to explore what's beyond the horizon. She teams up with a once-powerful demigod named Maui. 
A larger-than-life character like Maui can only be played by Dwayne Johnson. While well, newcomer Auli'i Kavalo is the voice of Moana. You can see their adventure when Disney's Moana hits theaters November 23rd. Yes, I mean, it's just really great. He's like this big, burly-looking character who's very kind of Samoan-looking, and, you know, The Rock is half Samoan, so it fits. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> really, really cool. And then a new actress in there as the title character of Moana. Mm-hmm. So, now, very excited. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, that doesn't mean that Pixar is going to be slashing at all. They've got Finding Dory coming out this summer. Yeah, which, although I know some people who really kind of get tired of Dory, I and I, 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 I like Nemo. I didn't, I, 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 there's people who I like it a lot more than I do, I've noticed. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I did enjoy it. But I don't think I enjoyed it as much as some others, so I was like, oh, well, look, a sequel. Well, of course, inevitably, because it made so much money, there's a sequel, but you know, I don't know how excited I am for it until I start seeing a little bit more on it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm probably going to end up liking it. So, I, you know, I'm not really excited for Finding Dory, but I know I'm going to go, mm-hmm. because it's Pixar. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I loved the, the little teaser that they came out with already for it. Yeah, um, I know I but, saw it, I just don't remember it. <laughs> with Dory uh, sleep swimming. Oh, <laughs> Which is just a funny idea in itself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, that's another thing we've got to look forward to. On the Marvel front, what's coming out? Well, we're not done with Disney yet. Jungle oh, Book. Oh, yes, Hello. yes. Hello. I'm excited for this. Mm-hmm. It well, you looks know who, really great. You know who the director is, right? I forgot. It's our director from Iron Man 1 and 2, John oh, right. Favreau. Right, John Favreau. I, I really like his direction and everything, and I, I, I think the part, if the if the the teaser that they put out wasn't exciting enough, I love at the end that you see a distant shot of uh, of uh, floating on Baloo's tummy singing Bare Necessities, or whistling Bare Necessities. That sold it for me right there. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes! <laughs> now, isn't uh, Beauty and the Beast coming out this year as well? Uh, I'm not sure if it's coming out this year, but it was announced this year, and then they cast Emma Watson to play Belle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure where they're at in production on that. Now, I do know the uh, uh, next Star Wars movie is supposed to be in production here in January. I'm not sure where Beauty and the Beast is at this time. I don't know if any news has been released on that at all. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it came out this year. Uh, but I haven't heard anything about it. I mean, because I'm, I'm sure we'd have a teaser by now if it was coming out this year, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to say that, go out on a limb and say that it is, but it could. We know Peach Dragon is supposed to. We're supposed to, you know, something from that. Um, although from what I've been hearing, it's not going well, mm. so that might get, I'm expecting it might get delayed. Uh, you know, but it's it's expected that Peach Dragon was going to come in this year, uh, but they might be retooling some things. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But now, yes, we can definitely talk about it on the Marvel front this year because yeah. did you see those pictures for Doctor Strange of Benedict Cumberbatch? Wow, he looks the part. Even the gray hairs look natural on the side of his head, and the, uh, and the exactly. costume is wow. I am. Um, I, I was excited before, but now I'm like really excited. Like, dang, I want to see some teasers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's fantastic what we've seen so far. I know we've got um, Tilda Swinton as the ancient, uh, the ancient one. Um, I know they've cast Baron Mordo, and they've also cast Mads Mikkelsen uh, as. The real big bad, but they haven't announced who that is. Well, probably. Um, oh, I cannot think. Dormammu of this. is Dormammu, my guess. Yes, that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. You got to go Dormammu, especially if you've got Baron Mordo in there, because Baron Mordo would be the servant of Dormammu. You know, so exactly. That's be great. Mm-hmm. But be you know, we've, cool. we, but you know, we've also got Nightmare, who's a major Doctor Strange villain, and 
has a creepy look to him like Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. So it's possible, but yeah, my money's on Dormammu. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yep. But that's not the only Mads Mikkelsen movie from Disney that he'll be in next year. Really? What else is he going to be in? He's in Rogue One. He is? Yes. Wow, how cool is So, that? So hopefully we can get his image of Le Chief from uh, James Bond <laughs> yeah. out of our minds. Because he was great as Le Chief. Yes. He was so creepy. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, that's not the only thing of, of Marvel movies coming out. There's this oh, just little, little tiny little movie. I don't know if anyone will go see it called Captain America Civil War. Huh. Which I, it, it, do you think that's minor, just going to be some exclusive? Minor character with spider called Spider something. Spider Ant Man. Yeah. No. Well, well, Ant Man I think is going to be in there, but there's somebody with like spider powers who we're supposed to see him. I don't know if we're going to get to see him in costume or not, but I hope we do. What, what's his name? Like Miles Spider Morales? Guy. Spider Ham? No, that was the pig version. Oh, that's right, Spider Man. And all, we we haven't gotten to see anything of him yet, but you know. But then also, though, we did get to see Black Panther, and he mm-hmm. looks awesome. And I'm not sure when that Black Panther movie's coming. I think that might be in 2017. I forget on my timeline thing, but you know, Black Panther movie on the way. Very exciting. But this year, Civil War. Holy cannoli. Which, of course, is not the only superheroes fighting each other. And we do have a Batman vs. Superman movie, but yeah, we'll just mention it here and go on. <laughs> you know what's coming. Yeah. Um, is there oh, anything uh, big from the parks that we know of coming in 2016 that's going to open? Um, I don't think we thought of anything that we know of. Yeah, I, we're, we're again, you've got the Frozen musical opening up at California Adventure. Right. Uh, but most of Disneyland... Uh, well, I won't say most... Parts of Disneyland are going to be uh, start to be affected this year because of the construction Closures of Star Wars Land. Stuff, yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, Disneyland Railroad is going to be closed. The Mark Twain, the sailing ship Columbia, uh, all of that's going to be closed to make way for construction. The Big Thunder Barbecue, um, Big Thunder Ranch, the petting zoo is going to be closed. I, I always thought it was kind of incongruous. He had a petting zoo next to the barbecue. Um, <laughs> and the funny. Festival Arena. You know, the first time I saw the Festival Arena was uh, back in uh, the 90s when they were doing a production of uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame back there. Um, and more, more recently, it's been home to... It, it's where Billy Hill and the Hillbillies were performing before uh, they were let go by the park. Uh, more recently, they've used it as seasonal character meet and greets and an opportunity for kids to sit down and color or make crafts. Um, so there's there's a lot of big changes coming. Yeah, and, and to that most part. of that is going to come back after the construction, but some of it is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely know that the railroad, um, Mark Twain, uh, they are coming back, though, in some really altered forms. Uh, to make way for the construction of Star Wars Land, um, it'll be interesting to see you know what happens yeah, uh, over the next few years. Uh, yeah, but well, uh, they definitely it's it's great to have this happening because I mean the new Harry Potter uh, park has opened up this year, uh, or at least it's, I, I don't know if it's fully open, but it, it's it's built up, and I've seen some preview stuff already on YouTube. Uh, so I think 2016 it'll be in full force over Universal Studios Hollywood. So oh yes, oh yes, it's so definitely it's, it's on time its way to get coming. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, when that opens, that's, maybe that's what's opening on January 4th. I was trying to remember what I heard was opening January 4th. That might be it. So I was wondering if you were going to be able uh, to get out there yourself. And if you do, make sure you cover it for us. Well, if, if I do, I will. Um, I believe it's actually May is oh, when. May? Okay. Yeah. There's Either March or January May. January 4th, I know that I heard, but I can't think of it. <laughs> but yes, okay, so the Harry Potter Park is opening soon. And if you get out there, it'll be great. If you don't, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But we want to hear about it if you go. <laughs> okay, um... And I guess the next thing I'll be- de- definitely want to talk about is, you know, past and present of Disney Infinity. Uh, mm-hmm. There's still some 3.0, uh, there's a playset still coming, which, I mean, it could be Moana, it could be uh, Zootopia, it could even be Finding Dory, we don't know. Um, I-, I still would love to see some Indiana Jones action in Disney Infinity, but uh, I'm not holding my breath. Well, hey, Bob Iger confirmed uh, this last week that uh, Indiana Jones is one of the properties that they're going to be developing. So, mm-hmm. which isn't a shock. We we kind of knew it was coming. We just didn't know mm-hmm. when they would officially come out and say, "Yes, we're going to make some Indiana Jones." Mm-hmm. So, we, we don't know really much more than that. <laughs> so. But what we do know with Infinity is that they are coming out with Marvel Battlegrounds. That's cool. going to be uh, toy box based, uh, basically destruction heavy uh, toy box in which you can take all of the Marvel characters from 2.0 and 3.0 we know that upcoming we've got a new Captain America figure that's about to come out Mm -hmm. that is very close to the likeness of Chris Evans yeah Um, it is wow you know there's there's still releases for uh, the Zootopia characters coming up there's Mm -hmm. Boba Fett is going to be coming I know he's been as part of a special release uh, with a with a certain type of pack, but he's going to be open for wide release coming up here real soon as well. Cool. So um, you know there there's there's still some pretty good stuff coming out from Infinity. Don't know if we're actually going to get an Infinity 4.0 or if we're going to start doing uh, playsets with as uh, downloadable content. Gosh, I hope not because you're going to run out of room on your uh, your systems after a while. <laughs> but I guess they might figure we don't have to keep selling the base if everybody already has one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that if that's the case, start selling sets of disc and characters without a base. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know personally, I still need to pick up my Twilight of the Republic uh, set. I'm still looking for one that's just got Anakin and Ahsoka in the playset. Doesn't need the uh, software or the uh, Base. Yeah, because oh, you're probably like me. You downloaded it for twenty bucks on the mm-hmm. PS4, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, but I don't know where. You know, I haven't seen that set anywhere. But I do. I have the um, uh, Fall of the Empire or Rise Against the Empire. Or what I forgot what they call mm-hmm. the set. Original trilogy. That's what I got. And next on my agenda, I really want to get the Force Awakens set. Really. Oh yeah. I ain't got the money for it right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All, all, all I can really say is that I know that a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think it was John Bignocci, the uh, executive producer, said that they are working on play sets with an S. So there's definitely more work going on behind the scenes and hopefully a lot more content coming to us very soon. Awesome. So we're looking forward to what could be coming from Disney Infinity, uh, whether it's a 4.0 or not. But I would like to have a 4.0 and I would love to see even more content from the Disney parks, even a play set maybe based around the Haunted Mansion. I'm mm-hmm. so eager for that idea. And anything else that has a story behind it. And a lot of the Disney rides have a story behind it. You know, so I really think they could do something with that. I really, mm-hmm. I would really love it. Well, hey, another Pirates playset. We know that uh, Pirates 5 is in the works right now. It's filming. 
So yeah, so maybe, maybe I don't know, a Blackbeard figure, and then whatever the villain is on this fifth movie, you know? Because mm-hmm. we could still use, I still have my, my uh, Captain Jack figure from the, the original set, you know mm-hmm. what? Just put more use to it, maybe, I don't know, I, I don't know if they need to do a redesign of a, a special edition Jack Sparrow figure, but if they did, I'm sure it would sell. Well, they, they've already got a Crystal Jack Sparrow out there, but maybe if there's a new costume, or maybe some other creepy thing happens, he doesn't necessarily turn into a skeleton, but maybe something else. Yeah. Oh, and Penelope Cruz's character. We could get a oh, is she back? Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be great. So, yeah, a lot of potential things could happen in Disney Infinity, but we just don't know. Mm-hmm. But we're looking forward to it this year anyway. But I think that pretty much wraps up everything we had listed to cover for this, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, the you know, if you wanted to talk about Marvel Comics, where they've been and where they're going this year, there's that too. Um, mm-hmm. They've had their big Secret Wars going on the last half of the year, which still isn't ended. Um, really? Yeah. Because they, they've started releasing the new versions of things, and I've... Yeah, I've, about I've two months reading. ago. <laughs> I'm reading Star Wars, that's about it, but they, they've wrecked everything that I used to love about stuff, so I'm like, you know what, uh, maybe, the, maybe the kids will get into this now, but I, I really don't like what they did with Spider-Man, and mm-hmm. I've, they've lost me, they, except for Star Wars, because I love what they're doing with Star Wars, but they've, they've mucked up the Marvel Universe so badly now, in my well, opinion, it, at least. Well, it, let, let, me, let me just present this to you because I know that you're a big Spider-Man fan. Uh, currently, think of Peter Parker with Tony Stark type resources. Yes, and it's terrible. Oh, no, it's terrible. No. It took a, it, it really took away from the essence of who Peter Parker is. They've turned yeah. him into a Tony Stark, and really, what it is is uh, not to get too political here, but it's pushing Dan Slott's view of things. Uh, in, a, in a fictional universe where the only place that it would work, some of his mm-hmm. ideas that he has for things. Uh, but yeah, I, I won't go any further than that. But I just, Dan Slott has put too much of his own views into stuff and not just, you know, sometimes he tells good stories, sometimes he's pushing his own opinions on things, which half people might agree with and the other half probably don't. And But it seems like he's pushing agendas more than he's just telling stories. And, and I don't like, this. He, it lost some of the relatability to Peter Parker because him being a, a, the average guy is, is part of what made Spider-Man good. It was, it, and it was the ideas that Stan Lee had that said, they told him it wouldn't work. You can't make him a normal teenager having normal human problems. Well, I tell you what, normal humans don't have Tony Stark level problems. Well, you know, they've, they've actually started out with a new series that I think you would enjoy. Which is? It's, it's called Spidey. Yeah, I saw an ad for that, but I wasn't. And I'm not sure what it was. It was supposed to be before he was amazing, and I was like, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's the same logo it's... and lettering from the Electric Company, so I'm thinking mm-hmm. it might be aimed at kids because they have some kid kid aim stuff. Because even that Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, I think, has gone off the rails, and I don't really enjoy that anymore at all either. Well, it's it's teenage Spider-Man, of course. Ah, you know, going I... up against the Vulture, going up against classic Sandman. Yeah. It might be again. good. I'm I'm kind of more ready for an adult Spidey myself, but you know what? I might I might have to go look into it just to kind of get to you know him being a regular guy that just has to deal with trying to have a maintain a normal life and also being the superhero. But yeah, giving him the money and cars and everything, he has all the money for all these cars, but yet he doesn't keep any profits of the thing. And I'm like, no, that doesn't even make sense. That's not how business yeah never mind i don't want to get off on a whole tangent on that but there's a whole speech of the first issue of the brand new spider-man that i was like because he's driving around in his hot rod car and like what and then he gives this ridiculous speech that reminds me of what somebody once said about star trek of he says the nice thing about star trek is they give you a lot of ideas that only would work in a fictional universe (laughs) but yeah okay well you know again going back to it we do know that the all new all different marvel universe has already 
kickstarted even without the ending of Secret Wars. Yeah. You know, hopefully we'll get something pretty fantastic hint, hint, coming out of Secret Wars, but uh, you know, we'll just have to see. And and hopefully this is an opportunity for Marvel to retool, make some changes, and, and hopefully get back onto uh, stories that we can enjoy. Yeah. The only thing right now, other than Star Wars, is the... Um, oh, I forgot what the name of the line is, but where Figment has been coming out. Yes, the Disney uh, comics. They've yes. uh, had two separate Figment series. The mm-hmm. second Figment series has currently got, I think, one or two issues left. Uh, they yeah, came out earlier... It just came out this week. I haven't picked it up this yet, but uh, Comic Shop told me they have it. <laughs> they also came out this year with Big Thunder Mountain. Right. Which I missed entirely. I really wanted to read it, but I was broke. Yeah, which is set in the Old West and around a mine and the the spirits that uh, inhabit that mine. Um, yeah, well, don't coming tell me up, too much because I do want to read it. <laughs> I've got the first issue, and I thought it was really cool. And, and that really tells you nothing more than what the storyline of the ride happens to be. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what I just described, right? Um, coming <laughs> I, I up, I haven't this... heard what's coming for this year, though. I mean, oh. I'm sure after Figment, there's more coming, but I haven't heard anything. Have you? Yes, you have. What's coming? When hinges creaked. <gasps> More Haunted Mansion stuff! Yes. Now, a few years ago, there was a Haunted Mansion series that came out from... Uh, a Secrets thir- of the Weird. No, well, not even that. Uh, Secrets of the Weird, uh, that did come out as a Marvel. Mm-hmm. Is the first Disney Kingdoms uh, series. Right, there is came- Disney Kingdoms. That's the word I was looking for earlier. But actually, no, about uh, five or six years ago, there was a small independent publisher based out of Southern California that came out with their own series of Haunted Mansion. Right. Books, I never did get to read those. I heard about it. Which, you know, I don't know what direction they're going to go, but if they can go into the, this anthology type of series about the different ghosts that inhabit the mansion. That'd be awesome. You know, go some of the same creators. That would be great, but still... I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with this incarnation. Yeah, you could have 99 different stories of the different inhabitants of the mansion. Uh, 999. Oh, that's right. 999, so you could just keep the series going. Exactly. But, you know, just so long as they feature uh, Phineas, Ezra, and Gus, I'll be happy. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. They could hitchhike their way through time and visit all these other characters before they become ghosts or something. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> all right, all right. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Well, thanks for coming along here, Eric, and joining me on the fun ride. Hey, glad to, as always. And, of course, he'll be back several times this coming year, so y'all can look forward to that. So, you're becoming more of a regular than Jesse or Heather anymore. <laughs> well, hey, at least I, I finally got to see Star Wars. There you go. I, I couldn't participate in that discussion, but uh, it was but a good one. I got to hear it afterwards, yes. Yep. And so hopefully we didn't spoil it for you. Hopefully you listened to my instructions and skipped. Oh, oh no, I, I I didn't even listen to the show until I got <laughs> until I watched the movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, we better wrap this thing up. All right. Well, hey, again, thanks for having me. No problem. Anytime. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, a link to visit our shop, and much more. 
And please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. Or email us at podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. If you email us a Lost Boy or Pixie nickname with a reason why you chose that name, you can become an official Neverlander. Girls are too clever to get lost, so we are naturally magical pixies. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support in keeping the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast to donate to keeping the pixie dust alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions. God bless! Oh my gosh, I just found my mailbox key that I had been missing. Look, 2016 is already turning out to be a better All year. right, looking up, looking up. It is looking up. Oh my gosh, I thought I had lost this. Wow, okay, all right, I'm going to cut this whole section out now. <laughs> <laughs>